Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. win as they take down the Tennessee Volunteers 6-3. Paul Skeens absolutely shoved. Braden Jobert a single away from having a cycle. Gavin Dugas leads off the night with the scoring when he hits an absolute tank missile out to left field. Skeens strikes out 12. Give up a couple of runs there. Later in the game, Gavin Guidry on one pitch gives up the home run. Would not matter, though, as the Tigers are 0-1 in Gomahal, baby. Let's ride. What a performance by your studs here tonight. Massive, massive performance. And, oh, by the way, your bullpen, even though Gavin Guidry gave up the home run, On that one pitch, Riley Cooper comes in and absolutely deals. Saved himself on that line drive of the very very last out. So, massive win. You go on to face Wake Forest Monday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Here come the Tigers. Now, we're going to break the game down here in its infancy here tonight. A lot of good things that the Tigers did like in the bottom of the third they barreled up every single uh, every time they came up to the plate so many times in so many innings they were barreling everything up just right at people that will continue to play well throughout this week as you saw one pretty much outside of Chase Burns all of Tennessee's best pitchers you won't see a better staff than that one Wake does not have a better overall staff in my opinion, than Tennessee and the ERA proves it uh, throughout the season. But massive performance. Paul Skeens, two, two away from tying, two Ks for away from tying the overall SEC record set by Ben McDonald. If he gets another, gets another try, maybe like this time next Saturday, he is going to break that record. Hopefully you continue to win 
and you can get him there. And the Tigers will continue to, va- to continue to advance. But nevertheless, they advance here tonight. Absolutely massive for the Tigers facing a really hot and good uh, Tennessee team. No, no questions whatsoever that you need to throw Paul Skeens. Um, and you come out there with the 1-0 victory. You're in the winner's bracket, and you're going to do some really, really good things. Let's get to a couple comments before we start breaking the game down. Andrew Pauls of Martin says 3-1 against Tennessee on the year. Vols can no longer use the super against us when Omar Hall trumps all. Blake Duzette says Cajun Tiger tailgating orders 100K worth of shots here tonight. Yes, we have a lot of people here in the – in the studio watching the game with us. And I was taking a shot every time Paul Skeens uh, had a strikeout. So we're a little lit. I'm a little lit, to say the least. <laughs> Jerry, Zimmerson, Jerry Zimmerman says, yes, sir. Skeens, Trey White, Trey and Trey and White uh, showed out. I thought, you know, Tr- Tommy uh, had an interesting game, but did get a single there at the end. Um, and had a good glove at third. Had a good glove at third. Vance McBroom says, I don't like Floyd versus Wake Forest. I'd prefer Hurd. We'll see how he goes. Uh, what Jay Johnson does. We'll see. We'll see. Ian says, I like Hurd for the start against Wake. A lot of people are saying that he was warming up in the pen uh, here tonight. He was order. He was uh, warming up. Levi said, "Blake, I stayed away from overhaul. Good, because every game you go to, they lose. So good for you. Good for you. We'll get into who you sh- the, the Wake Forest game. Who you should throw, uh, but the lineup's going to stay the same. You're just going to have to look. Now is when you start making your your money. Going to Ty Floyd, you need a massive performance for him on Monday night." And we'll see if he can deliver. But into this game, we will go into. But before we do that, everybody do us a favor. You know what time it is. Hit that like and share. If you're listening to us on Facebook, hit that like button. Hit the share. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of your social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. On Twitter, hit the retweet. If you're listening to us on Fubo TV, my name is Blake Rafino, and welcome to AYS Sports and wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget, hit that like and share button right now. Listen, let's start off here. Paul Skeens was absolutely electric. The run that he gave up uh, in the eighth inning, uh, I I mean, look, you're 120-plus pitches in at that point. I'm going to let him slide. But regardless of, I mean, why wouldn't I? I mean, he gave up a run. But Paul Skeens continues to be, and I've made this opinion, I think he's the best to ever put on the uniform to, to get on that mound. I know that you've had a lot of great pitchers. It's just my opinion. We can have the argument after the season and continue to have that argument. But guys, he had 12 strikeouts tonight against a really, really, really hot Tennessee team. Whether you want to talk trash about Tennessee, you think they're not good, they led the league in home runs. They led the league in ERA. They are a really good baseball team. Don't let what happened in the Super Regional in that one game fool you to how good these guys at the plate for Tennessee are. 
they are going to – a lot of those guys you're probably going to see in the minor leagues. Maybe you could see a Blake Burke with that power if he can some refine some things. Maybe you see a couple of those guys in the major leagues one day. But they're a really good roster. They're a really good team. You can t- hate Tony Valls all you want to. He's gotten to Omaha twice in the last three years. But it wouldn't matter, though, because Skeens was electric. A little, you know, he, he was trying to find the zone in the first, but he still had two massive punch outs. But once he got into the top of the second, he would get Denton, Merritt, and Burke to strike out in order. It was the inning that he almost had the immaculate inning, but he would have three straight Ks. He would come back in the top of the third. He would get another one. So you would have five straight strikeouts in three innings by Paul Skeens. He would get a fly out to short left field from Stark, from and Jordan Thompson would field it. He would get a strikeout on a Huna to end the third. That would be his seventh. In the top of the fourth, he did lead off uh, that inning with a single. Then he got a fly out by Dickey. Moore would fly out to Pearson, the one that Pearson, without the sunglasses, staring into the sun, would have the sliding dive to, to retrieve that one. And then he would get uh, uh, Hayden Travinsky would throw out uh, uh, um, Ansley to end that inning. You go to the top of the fifth. This is where Paul Skeens again completely dealt and why he was on one. He gets a strikeout to Denton to get his eighth. He would give up another single, but a fly out to Josh Pearson again. And then he would strike out Scott for his ninth strikeout of the ninth. Here he comes in the top of the sixth. The top of the sixth was the probably and arguably outside the top of the second. The sixth was by far his best inning from a pitch count scenario. Is he would go one, two, three. He would only throw seven pitches. Stark, Ahuna, and Inslee. But two of them would fly out and Inslee would ground out to Jordan Thompson. The top of the seventh. Absolutely dealing again. He would get Dickey to fly out. Moore would strike out on his 10th strikeout of the night. Denton would walk, and Merritt would strike out for the 11th strikeout. And then the top of the eighth, he would get a fly out. He would give up a double. He would get Dryling striking out, an RBI single, and then that would be the night for him. He would go seven and two-thirds with 12 strikeouts and the most ridiculous stat probably of all time, guys of 120-plus pitches, probably and arguably of 60, 60, fastballs that he threw on the night. I think it was like 64. 46 of them were over 100 miles an hour. It is insane what we're watching. We've seen a lot of greatness at LSU. A lot of greatness at LSU. Paul Skeens, that was as good of a performance you will ever see. As you've ever seen on the mound for LSU. I do pray that he gets another shot at this. I do pray that he can go again next Saturday. That means you're winning and you're going to be playing for the actual World Series. Because if he does, guys, at this point, he's going to deliver for you. Nobody in the country has what you have in him. You saw Louder from Lake Wake Forest today. Stanford, who, yes, can hit a little bit, does not have the lineup that LSU does, and he got rocked around a little bit. He got rocked around. You never see that from Paul Skeens. And my, just my personal opinion, whether you agree or not, 
I think he's the best ever. I also believe that he should be the number one overall pick and you shouldn't question it. And again, like I mentioned, we'll have those debates. But nevertheless, he's just, he's insane, man. He's insane. The simple fact that the last pitch of the night that he threw was 101 miles an hour tells me tells you everything you need to know. Guys, he's 120 pitches in. 120 pitches in again. And he's over 100. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But let's get to LSU at the plate, and then we'll get to a couple comments, and then we'll react uh, throughout all of this. Look, as much as the rumors have been and as uh, about the injury and as much as Gavin Dugas has slid a little throughout the last couple of weeks, the last two weeks, he's absolutely crushed the baseball. Absolutely crushed the baseball. In the top of the second, he hit a ball that has not landed yet out in the left field. You would go up one to nothing, and you were barreling up some balls. Listen, you really barreled up some balls because you would go into the first, through the, first time through the order – you were seeing a lot of pitches, and Gavin Dugas was given a two-seam fastball. I know they talked about it on the broadcast, but they threw him a two-seam fastball. See you later. Blasted. You know what's crazy is everybody questioned LSU's power uh, in Troll Schwab. Schwab, however you say it. Guys, the same, the same distance, the same dynamics that they're at right now you find every single weekend in, in the box. The power traveled for LSU tonight. The bottom of the third was a great inning. It just didn't always bounce your way. Pearson and uh, Cruz would get the two ground ball singles in between the three and four hole. Tommy White had the bunt single. Trey Morgan would hit an absolute rope back up the middle it would get the RBI. You would get another run there, and then Travinsky would hit a another one, a really hard hit ball to the th- to the first baseman to get you out of that inning. And the fourth, listen, this is where you just know and you can see things that guys are really on one. And the bottom of the fourth, Brain Joe Bear absolutely tattooed a ball down the right field line for a double. Now, his first at bat, he should have hit for the cycle. So let's talk about Brady jo- Brayden Jobert for just a minute. He led you. He was your leader offensively. Cowboy hat, muscle shirt, and jeans. Put on them Dockers. Put on them uh, uh, Wranglers because the man was on one tonight. The Wranglers must have had Brett Favre type of energy in them because the man was on one. He had a frozen rope back to the pitcher in, uh, in his first at bat. Second at bat, he hits a double. He would come back up when you really, really needed him because if you remember in the bottom of the fourth, you ran, you left runners on at second and third with one out and Thompson would strike out and Pearson would strike out. That is a massive blow for you. Massive you got to get runners in when they're second and third and one out. The top of the fifth, you would go one, two, three. Cruz, White, and Morgan, one, two, three. 
But this is where Braden Jobert continued to push your offense. He continued to be your offense and where he was on one tonight and where he just absolutely just showed you the talent that he possesses. In the bottom of the sixth, Travinsky would walk. Beloso would walk out. Dugas would strike out. Two outs. Runner on first or runner on second. Joe Bear hits the RBI triple out in the center field. Thompson would get an RBI single, uh, infield single, but an RBI nonetheless. And Pearson would hit a line drive to the first baseman to get you out of the inning. And then in, in a spot where you felt like you had taken the momentum, right? Like when Joe Bear hit the RBI triple, you're like, okay, LSU has all the momentum. We're there. You feel good about winning. But then the top of the eighth, here came Tennessee. You would be up five to three because Skeens would give up the RBI single, 120th pitch of the night. Oh, well, I will concede that one. Then Gavin Gisry on one pitch leaves a hanging breaking ball that would go over the center field wall. And then Cooper would come in and get the K and get you out of it. So it's 5-3, right? Guess who's coming up? The man of the night, not named Paul Skeens, and Brayden Jobert. He had a ball that has also not landed yet and gave you a three-run cushion. It's massive. There, you know, we have talked about this all year. Whether LSU has struggled, whether LSU, you know, no matter what has happened throughout the season, there's not a break in this lineup. And tonight... That guy just so happened to be Brayden Jobert. He would come up in the bottom of the eighth and hit a moonshot out in the right field to give you that three-run cushion. And then Thompson, Pearson, and Cruz, one, two, three. One, two, three. Cooper would come back in the top of the ninth and then deal for you, give up an infield single, but that was all he'd give up. I don't know, and maybe somebody in the chat, maybe somebody in the chat can tell me this. Why was Blake Burke awarded second base? Why? Why? I, 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 I know it's irrelevant now because you won, but why was when Blake Burke had the infield single and really a tough play by Jordan Thompson or for Jordan Thompson, but why was he awarded second base? I mean, I, I see Troy said a balk, but it can be a balk. He never got on the rubber. It can't be a balk if you're not on the rubber. So what was the call for? You can't have a balk when you're not on the rubber. I mean, it's just... We saw him, legitimately saw Riley Cooper. Like, they played the video. Riley Cooper's walking back from behind first base, and then Blake Burke is awarded second. Unless... I don't, again, you can't, how can you have a, I mean, it's not a balk. Let's just call it, I, I don't know how, if that's what they called, how? Like, you saw him walking, then they determined Burke going to second. He's not even remotely close to being on the rubber. I, I mean, It doesn't matter if he's on the mound. Ray Powell says, Blake, the announcer said he's on the mound. Guys, it doesn't matter if you're on the mound. It doesn't matter. A bulk happens when you're on the rubber. 
unless there's some crazy ass rule that I am completely unaware of, I've never seen a ball call when you're on the mound. Like, I, I mean, again, I, unless I'm just absolutely losing my godforsaken mind here, that should not have been called a balk. Not even remotely close. Not even remotely close. <laughs> Dwayne D said it was the hidden ball trick from Trey from Trey Morgan. Maybe. They said that he threw the ball to, to Cooper. He tossed the ball to Cooper and he started walking back. And I mean, they they replayed it. I mean, they talked about it. I don't know. Uh, Andrew Paulson Martin says, from what I've seen on Twitter, we apparently tried a hidden ball trick. Okay, well, that makes sense. But again, <laughs> again, you're awarding him second base on a hidden ball trick? Now, if it's hidden ball trick and he goes on the mound, then that is a balk. Um, John Butler says, great hitting, great hitting. We knew that the Vols could, uh, would make a momentum run in an inning. They, and they did, and you shut them down. You absolutely shut them down. Carter Harris says, Skeens was the Joe Burrow of baseball. You can't really deny that, man. Can't really deny that. Peyton McNeese says, still leaving too many runners on base. I mean, Peyton, that's baseball, buddy. I mean, you're going to leave guys on. Brandon Ray says, yeah, Joe Bear has shown he can come through in the clutch. Absolutely. And he did tonight, man. He did tonight. Let's go down it. Joe Bear, he had the line drive off of the pitcher in the bottom of the second. He had the double in uh, the bottom of the fourth. By the way, in the bottom of the fourth, Lindsey K'd you up. He struck out the side. Beloso, Beloso, Thompson, and Pearson would go down in order. Combs would actually get Pearson. Let's see. Joe Bear, I think the next is going to be the triple. Yeah, the RBI triple in the center field. And then the home run in the bottom of the eighth. Massive night from the kid from Slide Out. 985, baby. Uh, Cole Harville sends 499 via Super Chat. Thank you so much. Uh, he says, you have to be set for a balk. Maybe he went back to first and bleached the runner. I, I mean, if Paul's up, and thank you so much for the super chat, uh, Cole. Thank you, thank you, buddy. Uh, I mean, I guess if it's a hidden ball trick. Now, if it is the quote-unquote hidden ball trick, you cannot be on the, you cannot be on the mound. You cannot be on the mound. So that, that does make some sense. Um, that does make some sense, but even then, even then, like, what are you trying to pull? I guess, <laughs> what are you trying to pull? I guess Stephen Young says the umps tried to give Tennessee a run. I look the guy behind the plate tonight. I, and if you've been to any of these post-game shows, which we've done them on midweeks, we've done them on the weekends, I don't like coming out here and, and calling out umpires. I don't. The guy tonight was as inconsistent, was as inconsistent as I've seen. 
I, I mean, and listen, let's call it what it is now. Paul Skeens, y'all remember, I think it was, I forget the, the whichever strikeout, I think it was the eighth in the top of the in the top of the fifth. His eighth strikeout on Denton when fastball one on one on the outside half of the plate, and which in today's game is a ball. Paul Skeens walks off the mound kind of chuckling because he knows he got away with one. He was inconsistent for both for both sides. LSU and Tennessee. I thought the more strikeout in the top of the eighth was also a ball that Cooper would get. Um, I, I mean, he was inconsistent, man. He was inconsistent. But you got to swing the bat, though, man. If it's close, you got to swing. Like this isn't the like you got to swing, and you got to want that situation. You got to want to be able to swing, and. Yeah. Look, I'm not I, – I I've seen some comments in here tonight about Gavin Gidry. Guys, he threw a pitch. You can't leave it hanging. They're going to tattoo you. You can't leave one hanging. But you know what else, though? That's the fifth straight time that Riley Cooper's either started, which he's only started once, or come out of the pen, and let's call it what it is, has locked shit down. <laughs> Riley Cooper is consistently over the last month been your best guy out of the pen. I, I, you can't take that away from him, man. He's given up some runs, yes, but tonight when you needed him, he, he closed the door. He closed the show for you. He absolutely closed the show for you. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Travis Sanchez says Blake Morgan had the ball and Cooper got on the mound. Morgan faked the throw to Cooper, so they called the balk. All right, that makes sense. The hidden ball trick completely makes sense. I thought that they had called it on Cooper because you had saw Cooper's on the mound and he's got the ball, and I'm like, dude. Dude, what are you doing? Thank you so much to uh, Cole again for the super chat. Uh... Troy on Facebook says, Travinsky's throw to second was textbook perfect. And you know what else that we're going to miss on that play? So, yeah, the throw out when Denton was up to the plate um, in the top of the fourth. You know what we met with, like, no, we're not talking about on that one either? Guys, Gavin Dugas was at short. If you remember since really the regional, when there's a really pull-heavy left-handed batter, there's going to be a guy uh, – or Thompson's going to go to second – Dugas is going to move over to short. And listen, how many opportunities has Gavin Dugas been allowed to when a runner's on when the runner is on the move, getting the tag down against a runner? I, we're gonna we're not gonna talk about that as much because look, it was an absolute rope by Travinsky, but hats out to Gavin Dugas for the catch and tag. They're at second base as well. Like, we're going to miss that part. But your senior, your leader, your guy, your dude, your man, whatever you want to call him, the one that wears eight performed for you in the clutch when you needed him. The, look, the leadoff single, I mean, the leadoff home run for him really got you going. 
Because if you really want to call it what it is, after Dugas' home run, I can name 12 at-bats where you barreled stuff up. Travinsky hit two that was at the warning track. You had uh, the really three from Joe Bear after that to double the triple in the home run. I thought Morgan barreled up a couple. Uh, Thompson barreled up one. So you had a lot of at-bats tonight after Duga where you just absolutely tattooed some baseballs. Absolutely tattooed. And listen, Tommy White had one in the seventh. Morgan had the sap fly out to center field in the seventh as well. Uh, Cruz, I guess you could say, I mean, he got the double in the right field, but I, I mean, was that one, was that really tattooed? I mean, it was kind of like a CNI double, uh, if you will. Um, so yeah, all around great performance, all around fantastic performance. Can't take it away from a man. Um, Matt Trenat said, did the hitters six through nine go six for 15 for four RBIs tonight? Doing show, we'll check now. But it, Matt, Matt Trent from WBRZ, our buddy, says he thinks that the hitters six through nine went six of 15 tonight, four RBIs and two homers. Yeah, I, I think he might be right. Let's see. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, he's close. He's close. Uh, John Sibley Butler, what's up, bud? Since the $10 Super Chat, thank you so much. He says, will we hold our collective breath because we have little confidence in the bullpen need eight runs to feel comfortable? Well, thank you so much for the Super Chat. If we want to look into Wake Forest, here would be my opinion. You can listen to me saying this or or not, but it's the truth. There is no way in blue hell that Ty Floyd's not starting for you on Monday. Jay Johnson, in every post-game press conference, when it comes to Ty Floyd, he, go, he, he says the same thing every time. Guys, he's not lost a game. We're going to continue to roll with Ty Floyd. Here's what I do believe, though. Here's what I do believe. I think that you go to Ty Floyd and Thatcher Hurd and you tell them, guys, it's yours. It's yours. Get Take us to the promised land. Because, my God, if you're able to knock off Wake Forest and go 2-0, man, you talk about sitting in the catbird seat. You talk about sitting in the catbird seat. Then what, guys? You're a win away, right? You're a win away from getting to the big dance. The real, real big dance. I think you go with Ty Floyd and Thatcher Hurd Monday, and you don't look back. You just don't look back. So, I, I, I'm projecting here, but go listen to any, and I mean any, Jay Johnson post game press conference when it comes to Ty Floyd. He's gonna, he's gonna start. Now. Would I tell Thatcher Hurd to be ready at all at, at any given moment? Yes. Yes, I would. 
Uh, Travis Sanchez says, Tommy White has, hasn't been hit by a pitch in a minute. Think that's throwing him off a bit at the plate. I think he got hit in the regional. But, yeah, it feels like a while. It feels like a while. Bayou Bingle 84 says, no, Gidry was shook, no doubt. You could see his body language, but Gidry's a tough mentality. I'm not worried about Gavin Gidry, y'all. I'm just, I, I am not worried about Gavin Gidry whatsoever. Whatsoever. I'm not worried about him. Dane Bergeron, what's up, buddy? He says, LSU did something tonight they have not done well this year. That is scoring when they had runners in scoring position. Yeah, I think they were, what, three of seven or three of eight, but they did not do bad at all with runners in scoring position. They got him in, got him over, or got him in, or got him over, got him in. Uh, they were, though, at one point, before Braden Joe Bear's RBI triple, they were 0 for 6. So they went into the bottom of the 6, 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. I'm looking at this right now. Uh, Joe Bear hits the RBI triple. They go 1 for 7. RBI single by Thompson, so 2 for 8. And then they would get a RBI sack fly from Trey Morgan, so still two for seven but they do have one two three uh runs in there so yeah so what two for seven i'm just double checking here yeah two for seven with runners in scoring position so not too terribly bad not too terribly bad need to get better but not too terribly bad i mean you're hitting what, 285, 2 of 7 is 285. So, yeah, not too terribly bad. Dwayne D says, you go with Ty Floyd, but Hurd on the ready is the pitcher that will give Wake the most problems. Look, I, the best team, uh, Wake, for, so in case you missed it today, I know it's Father's Day weekend. A lot of people are doing a lot of things. Um, let's call it what it is. Wake Forest got saved by the rain delay lightning delay they got saved man i mean come on 1000 percent saved 1000 percent saved so <laughs> stanford was rolling had to take a guy out uh because of the delay that was shoving against wake forest and you know look is what it is but you have and I guess we can talk about it now and start really kind of transitioning into to the next one. Um, but listen, Wake Forest is a really good team. As much as I think that they have not been tested to some degree, they are a really good team. But so are you. It is the two teams on Monday night in primetime, the two teams that have relatively been 1-1 all year long, whether it be Wake Forest or whether it be LSU, the best two teams in the country all year long are facing off Monday night in primetime. With that being said, I think that you're better than them. I, I've maintained that collectively as a unit. I, I still think that you get guys like Tommy White going – I think you're better one through nine because I don't think that you have a break with them. 
I saw what Wake Forest had uh, in their number two guy. I, I think I don't think that he can contain you for let's say if he went six innings. I don't think he can contain you. I think the first maybe halfway through the second time through the lineup, he's not going to be able to hold you down. And we've seen this from LSU when they're rolling as they are six and zero in the postseason. You might get through them once, but you better capitalize on LSU early if you're Wake Forest. Because if you don't, if you do not capitalize on LSU early, it, when they start getting in their rhythm and in their flow, it's tough to beat the Tigers. It is what it is. It is what it is. I Look, they're a good team. I don't think that they're better than you. Does that mean that you you could win a game five to four, six to five? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't think that they're better than you. I don't think that they, it, it, you know, you got to see what you can do out of the pen if Ty Floyd, but I don't think, I, I would roll with, and this could change, but, and I do think the betting favorite's going to be Wake Forest. Give me Ty Floyd, give me Thatcher Hurd, give me this lineup, I think you win. You go out all out tomorrow to get to 2-0. and All out. You no know holds bars. Unless you're getting run ruled, then throw in somebody that you need to throw in there. But you're not going to. I mean, you get what I mean by run ruled. If there, there is no run rule, but you get what I'm saying. But the ultimate matchup, what some believe are the two best offenses in the country, face off in Omaha. You have superstars like Nick Kurtz, Dylan Cruz, Tommy White. All guys that are going to be in Major League uniforms within the next three years, four years. All of them. With that being said, one through nine, it's going to take, you know how LSU is going to, it might not even be Brayden Jobert, but LSU is going to beat Wake Forest because not just Cruz, White, Morgan, it's going to be everybody else surrounded around you in this lineup, like what Matt Trent sent. I mean, these are on, uh, you know, these are not official stats, but this is what he thought and he remembered through his, and and we'll clarify this. But if your six through nine hitters go six of 15 with two home runs, you're going to beat Wake because you're not going to keep down Tommy White from getting runs in and over. It's not it not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Roll with what you got, man. If you play your game, they're not better. If LSU just goes out there and executes the way that they need to, you, they're not better than you. I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody is. Uh, Ian Robinson, what's up, bud? With a nine ninety nine dollar super chat, says the next LSU baseball dynasty is here. Enjoy the beer. Absolutely. Absolutely, no question. I mean, guys, you're one. You're six and zero in the postseason. You're six and zero in the postseason. Chris Barnhill says, if Florida doesn't make it to the finals, then we will win number seven. Even if they do, even if they do, I want revenge. I don't know how. Look, this is how my brain works. I, I don't. Maybe I shouldn't say this, 
Um, I want revenge from 17, man. Speaking of 17, let me mention this very quickly. Let me mention this. Um, so look, um, how do I want to say this without freaking people out? Um, so listen, Paul Maneri is interviewing and will interview for the Miami head coaching job. Don't alarm yourself. Don't alarm yourself. Do not alarm yourself. If he wants to take it, I think he can get it. But I don't think Paul. I don't think Paul Maneri is going anywhere. I, I do not believe that Paul Maneri is going anywhere. So Miami is a good program historically. I just don't think that he will take it. I think he will ride into the sunset. It's my opinion. They would have to offer Paul probably a million and a half, two million. Can they? Yes. Will they? I don't believe. And the ultimate question will be, does he want to get back into that juggernaut of what college baseball is with a portal and NIL? No, I don't think Paul wants anything to do with that. Nevertheless, Maneri has interviewed for the Miami Hurricane head coaching baseball vacancy. Now, Mark Kingston, the head coach of South Carolina, turned them down a couple days ago, uh, which was a lot of people thought that he would. They're going to – and listen, the respect I think people should garner is this. So, in case you don't remember, this time last year or a little bit after this when – Notre Dame went out and Link Jarrett went to Florida State from Notre Dame. Paul Maneri interviewed for the Notre Dame head coaching job and said, guys, I'm not, I'm not coming back to baseball, but I will always take an interview if somebody wants me to be their head coach, but I'm going to respectfully decline. I do see there could be a potential scenario of that doing the same. I, I will be honest. Now, I could be wrong here. I've been wrong before. We'll be wrong again. I would be utterly shocked. Okay? I would be utterly shocked. Also, we have some breaking news here. So hold on for football. All right, so there is there is some breaking news here. Not too... Um, What's the word I'm looking for here, guys? Not too um, surprising to some, but LSU gets a commitment. LSU football gets a commitment from JUCO tight end, Connor Gelbreth, who they, if you've listened to anybody, they have raved over this kid as a blocking tight end. They add him again here. Uh, if you're listening to us, you're watching us on Fubo, YouTube, or Facebook, Gilbert says committed. Thank you, LSU, Coach Brian Kelly, Mike Dembrock, and others. A special thank you to uh, Booty Football and Coach Snelling. I am truly blessed. Check out some more of the other photos uh, on Instagram. So LSU did add 
a commitment from a tight end who some believe he could he could get out there and possibly transition to left tackle if you absolutely uh, need to. Robert Law says, Blake, LSU is at 7,177 jello shots. Let's go, baby. Yep. Shout out to our good friends, uh, Mikey Matuk and the gang. I think he said Fred's, if I'm not mistaken. They bought a thousand jello shots and handed them out to LSU fans. That's what actually matters. So you're going to be roughly away from the next time when you play. You're 10,000. If you're probably, you're going to be closer than that. But it feels like LSU is going to absolutely shatter. I mean, destroy that jello shot record. <laughs> LSU is going to absolutely destroy that Jello shot record. A uh, couple of things. Jay Johnson said in his interview just now that it's very difficult to play left field at 6 p.m. in Omaha because of the position of the sun. Johnson has uh, been burned by that in the past, but Josh Pearson did an exceptional job uh, getting that foul ball. No question. No question. It's a big, big catch, man. Big catch. Uh, the three guys at the podium were Gavin Dugas, Paul Skeens, and obviously Braden Bear for his absolute dealing. Wheeling and dealing. Yes, indeed. Uh, Jordan Haydad says, lock the one and a half. Was that for tonight? Was that for tonight? Uh, Chili says, Paul didn't want to find pitchers who could shove. Well, I just don't think that he wants to deal with what he what Jay Johnson has to deal with, man. I, I, don't, I don't think he wants to deal with all that. Uh, Jacob Doyle sends a $5 Super Chat. Says, two things I disagree with you, Blake, on going with Hurd and Floyd. Cooper is the best arm right now. Hurd has been really good. But to be honest, given up nine earned runs in the last two appearances. Well, buddy, I'm just going to tell you, you might – look, I'm not going to – dis. I don't disagree with you. They're going to them. Whether you like it, love it, or hate it, they're going to them. Ty Floyd is going to throw on Monday. <laughs> it, it is going to happen. Barring something ridiculous, you're not going to start – they're not going to start Cooper against Wake Forest. It's not going to happen. Now, Cooper could come in – at some point throughout that, it's going to be Floyd, man. And you got to kind of pray for the best. <laughs> got to kind of pray for the best. You can disagree all disagree all you want to. They're going to go to they're going to go to Floyd. Thank you for the super chat, but he's gone to him every year in game two. And I would. I mean, he maybe he goes Cooper again. I, I could agree with, you know, if you're in a scenario where maybe he would go Cooper in a unique situation. But I think he I think he's gonna go herd. I think he'll go Thatcher. We'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, Chili says, Paul said, LOL, I don't know where these other coaches are finding these pitchers. He literally said that. That is correct. He literally came out and said he has no idea where, where Jay is finding these guys. Well, the truth is <laughs> he took a guy that Dylan Cruz hit a home run off of in your last year. Yeah. Delton Duce said, poor Ole Miss fans who bought all the 18,777 merch they had created. Yeah. It only takes one LSU trip. And guys, we're in game one. You could be in here a whole nother week. You could be there a whole nother week. You're going to shatter that if you – LSU will shatter that if they wanted to. Massively. Like, could you imagine them getting to like 50K? <laughs> Off of fucking jello shots. Right? I'm freaking jello shots, man. Robert Law says, who do you consider more impressive, BK, Jay Johnson, or Kim Mulkey? Well, man, that's tough. And I don't think I can answer that question here, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Jason says, happy Father's Day to our daddy, Paul Skeens, from the Tennessee baseball team. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yes, indeed. John Sibley Butler says, the question is the bullpen. Hurd will get the nod. I think he will, too. I think he will, too. Chris Barnhill says, Paul said that because he wasn't recruiting. Yeah, and he was, he was done doing it. He was done doing it. All right, let's look very quickly. Let's look into this Wake Forest uh, baseball baseball stats. So let me let's talk about this team very quickly before we we roll out of here uh, here tonight. Listen, so here is Wake Forest um, this season. Just to give a little bit of a recap, they have a lot of guys that can hit. Okay. They don't have as many impressive guys that you do, though. Tommy Hawk, hitting 377, really good hitter. Nick Kurtz, okay, don't say that 20, uh, five times fast. That Why would you name your son first name Nick with the last name Kurtz? Um, but he's hitting 345. He has 30 long balls uh, on the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's absolutely crushing the baseball uh, as of late. Excuse me, this was this was the new one. Tell me, Hawk, Tony, Tommy Hawk is hitting three fifty three. Nick Kurtz is hitting three sixty four. He has uh, over twenty five plus home runs. All right, here's the updated one. Excuse me. So let's recap here. Nick Kurtz has twenty four. Brock Wilkin has 31 long balls on the year. Bierce Pennant, the or Bennett, the right fielder who had a massive hit today, he has seven. Um, so they have a lot of power. Justin Johnson, the second baseman, he's got 16. They will absolutely um, show you everything that they have power-wise throughout the year. So Rhett Louder threw today. 
I do expect Josh Hartle to be the second guy. He is 11-1 and one on the year. He has a 2.28 ERA. He's thrown 86 and two-thirds innings. He's given up 87 hits, uh, 22 earned runs. He has 131 strikeouts on the year. But here's the biggest thing for me. Even though he's 11-1 and one on the year, opponent's batting average against Hurdle is 240 on the year. So th- their number two, the batting average against, he's it's 240. That's not that impressive. That's not that impressive. So I think that you can get to Wake Forest. Now the question will be, their bullpen. The question will be their bullpen. Uh, Cameron, he he's given up some runs. He's given up some runs. Pooh Bear says, side-eye, side-eye, side-eye emoji. Nick who? His name is Nick Kurtz. <laughs> I tried to warn y'all, man. I tweeted about him earlier in the year. Nobody, and, and what's crazy is it got like 17 likes. I guess nobody read it in out loud in their in their mind. Um but yeah, that's his name, Nick Kurtz. Uh it's almost as bad as what uh Steve Kerr named his son. Why? Why? Come on, man. Travis says, how many left-handers at the plate does Wake have? They have a few. And they have a few that can absolutely destroy baseballs. Uh, John Butler says, all coaches distinguished in their own right. Anthony B. Saint says, Scott Woodward deserves a pay raise after these hires. He's already gotten one. He got, like I think, a $500,000 a year raise, which is absolutely fantastic, and he deserves more. Like, he deserves more of a pay raise than what he has right now. Completely. Completely. I mean, come on, man. That dude deserves all the money that he can get. All the money that he can get. All right, I'm looking at this from um, LSU is back in the hotel, and they look pretty excited. (laughs) Yes, indeed. You got to love it, baby. You got to love it. Uh, John Butler again says, Wake Forest is a fraud, they play in a small park in a small-time conference. Well, ACC's got some dudes now, but here's the thing. And I've said this all year long about Wake Forest, okay? They have not even played the best team in their own conference. They didn't play Virginia. They have not played the the schedule that LSU has. Not even close. And in these times of years when you got to overcome adversity – in Omaha, like LSU did tonight against Tennessee, that comes in repetition against really good teams, right? I mean, guys, you're 3-1 and one against a team that went to Omaha this year in Tennessee. Wake Forest, barring a weather delay, was in serious trouble. Rhett Louder, their ace, can't hold Paul Skeens' jock strap, Okay. I I do agree. I don't know. Look, I got to see them do this against LSU. I, I want to see it. 
Because I think you can come out here on Monday and destroy them. I really do believe that you have a better lineup. Now, can you win a close game? Can they beat you? Yes, it's baseball. You're just better. The team that, like, they're 2-1. and one. They were 2-1 and one going into the Super Regional. The only team that they had played is Duke. They had not even beat the best team in their conference, in my opinion, which is Virginia. Which, Virginia completely and utterly collapsed against Florida. Collapsed against Florida. That can't happen. So, in case you missed it, if this is your first game watching in Omaha, we'll recap it very quickly. Florida came back in a miraculous way and took down Virginia last night. Earlier today, Wake Forest got into a rain delay, was down two to nothing, scored three runs when the when they came back before the LSU game. Uh, Oral Roberts. Wow. Wow. Oral Roberts in the ninth. Teen off. Massive home runs. So in the winner's bracket is Oral Roberts, Florida, Wake Forest, and LSU. Man. Man. I want to say so many unprofessional things here. Never underestimate Oral. The best Oral that I've seen in a long time is in Omaha. If you want good Oral, you go to Omaha. If you want an Oral that can pitch pitch for you, they got you. If you want good Oral that can absolutely bang, they got you. If you want oral from sideways deliveries, they got you. Any kind of oral that you want, they will deliver. I'm trying to compose myself. I'm trying to compose myself. But the be- <laughs> TCU fumbled the oral bag, man. <laughs> you got oral on the ropes. You're about to bust one out. If you're TCU, you're about to bust one out and you blow it against Oral. You hate to see it. I I mean, it's been a lifelong story for many, but TCU just busted one while they had Oral on the ropes. And... <laughs> I can't, man. 
That's as, as professional as you're going to get from me tonight. I promise you. <laughs> Royce Johnson says, Monica Lewinsky must live in Omaha now. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Slat says, "Ao, pause." Hey, man, I, I'm just I'm talking baseball. If y'all if y'all want to put y'all's minds in the gutter, that's on y'all. That's on y'all. I did not. I mean, I'm just sitting here talking baseball. If y'all want to have a perverted mind, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, but oral, <laughs> yeah, I did see this. Aaron says, yes, the West Virginia coach got fired. Well, he technically resigned, but if he wouldn't have resigned, they would have fired him. Remind me, Jason Gilead says, it's not as bad as the cat shaving comment. What did I say again? I don't even remember. I, I don't, I don't even remember. Shave that, sh shave that kitty. Shave that kitty. Uh, Thomas Vaughn says they didn't blow it. Yeah, they blew it. They blew their whole load. TCU blew the whole load. All over the place. Dwayne D says 7,177 LSU to Wake's 38-14 in jello shots. You got to love it. <laughs> yeah, this lady came in here and told me to shave my to shave my beard, and I told her if I'll shave my beard when you shave your cat because in her profile picture she had a picture of her shaving her cat or, or hair and her cat, and she said it wasn't even her cat. Who puts in a profile picture themselves and another person's cat? Like if it's a dog, okay, but who holds on to a kitty cat? Shave that kitty. Yeah, I'm not shaving my beard. If I shave my beard, she's got to shave her cat. I mean, it's past 1030. Shave that pussy. What's new, pussy guy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, so listen. We drunk, we drunk, we drank a shot for every Paul Skeen's um, strikeout tonight. And uh, still got some here. Neat. And I am starting to fill it. I am starting to fill it. Uh, Pooh Bear says you're, you're going too far, meow. Well, let me tell you something. In a past life, I did go to a car after it being pulled over and say meow 17, meow 17 times. Just tell it's just the truth. It's just the truth. I said Mal like 17 times. Meow, what is so goddamn funny? <laughs> it's just truth. Shave that at look. If you want me to shave my beard, my beard, you're gonna have to shave that kitty cat. Shave that pussy. Alright? It's the truth. This man's a trip tonight, says Brandon Reese. I'm not laughing. I mean, I'm not laughing. Uh, you want me to shave my beard, you got to shave your kitty cat. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Blaise LeBlanc says, if you if those if those are your shots, good lord, they're not. They're not. They're not. No, they they let me uh so this is like three. I didn't finish all of them the last three strikeouts. I didn't I, I didn't Yeah. Yeah, I think me and Carter are thinking about doing like a whiskey and wine for post games. We'll see. Uh Trey Mixon says, You ain't drunk, you just been drinking. Yeah, true. Very true. All right. Let's get out of here. We got a, we got Father's Day tomorrow. I hear, I hear, you know. Speaking of pussy cats, um, it's Father's Day weekend for your boy. That's all I'm gonna say. See y'all tomorrow. We're gonna do a show tomorrow. We'll do a show tomorrow. I think if I get back in time, we'll see. See y'all tomorrow, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.